Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Ryan. All right? Hello. Yeah, not bad, you? Yeah, you? Yeah. How's Martin? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when's this, when's this going to end? When he comes on. Never. <laughs> uh, I've got Giggling Jesse. All right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was just uh, I was busy texting uh, Martin with a Y. Oh, well, tell him, tell him I miss him. Oh, I miss him, too. I know. Uh, and I've got Justin. Hello. All right. Doing great. Good man, good man. Right. Uh, I went to a jumble sale a couple of weeks ago, and I bought a book called The World's Stupidest Laws. And I've got some laws from New York and North Carolina, which have never been taken off the statute book. Would you like to hear them? Yes. I wonder how many we've inadvertently broken. Okay. North Carolina state laws. Justin. Yes. It, it is illegal to sing off key. <laughs> That's that's bad news for me. (laughs) Elephants may not be used to plough cotton fields. Also bad news. I take it at one point in time it was okay for black people, but not okay for elephants, and that's that's a little sort of strange, isn't it? Have a sort of list of priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whilst having sex, you must stay in the missionary position and have the blinds down. Can you not? Can you sing off key while you're? No, that's too much. Oh, I yeah. did look at it. There was another one. It's like Alabama or somewhere. You're, a, a man isn't allowed to fire a gun when he reaches orgasm. <laughs> God, that's probably the only time that a man isn't allowed to fire a gun. <laughs> uh, if an unmarried couple go to a hotel and register themselves as married, then by state law, they are legally married. Wow. That is a, okay. That is a, a tremendous money saver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, oh, great. I wish I would have known that four months ago. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Wedding of the future. Uh, Last one. Sexual intercourse is illegal in a churchyard. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, what is going on down there? Much less than all this would imply. (laughs) New York City, Jesse. Yeah. Women are not allowed to be on the street wearing quote-unquote body-hugging clothing. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay uh, you may not smile within 100 feet of the entrance to a public building well no one is smiling in New York right now so that's fine okay and it's an offence to walk down the street reading ooh mm. okay and lastly women may go topless in public provided it is not for business purposes <gasps> well that oh. takes care of the naked cowgirl damn it the what sorry <laughs> the naked cowgirl is that like the milky bar kid no, that is like the naked cowboy, but the naked cowgirl. Come on now. I've never That'd be a her. weird milky <laughs> 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 No, never heard of her. 
Have you got her number? Naked cat. I was going to say, that's not something to Google. She, of course you can. Not at work, though. No. I, I think they're actually franchised now, so you may have one, I don't know, maybe in, maybe in London. Oh, okay. Well, look. Maybe should... Brighton, I'm not sure. You Probably can... not in North Carolina, hearing those rules. <laughs> you can walk as free as you want through the streets of New York now, Jesse. Yeah, but what about my body hugging clothes? I'm confused. So I can I can be topless, but I need to have like shapeless. No, you're not allowed body hugging clothes. But I can. You know what? You're I'm not allowed on the street now, wearing body hugging clothing so anymore. So, so you're topless for a business model, business purpose, and smiling. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no but I know. No, wait, no, wait, no, 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 wait. It's not for business purposes. I go to work tomorrow. I, I need to not wear anything on top but wear a flowing skirt on the bottom and not smile or read. Is that what we're saying? Exactly. No, 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 you can't go to right. work in it. That's for business purposes. If you walk down the shops to buy some milk. Shit. Okay. Although, all right, I see. I think I got it. Judging by your Instagram photos today of all the snow, people might sort of feel you coming rather before they sort of... It would be very cold. <laughs> just, I'll just invest in a very warm moo-moo. <laughs> right, we're going to talk about the Premier League. Uh, first of all, because we had a midweek round of Premier League matches... Um, first of all, Swansea City nil, Manchester City four. Two goals by David Silva, KDB with another goal, and Sergio Aguero. Uh, it is David Silva's third consecutive game in which he scored. Ryan and Jesse, I'm going to go to you with my comment I made a couple of weeks ago, which is we should feel really, really pleased to have this team playing. Ryan, can you do right me a now. favor? Okay. Okay. Can you just maybe slice and paste? last week's conversation into this week so we don't have to do it again we that's, don't have to do it again no that's, that's a good idea no? <laughs> okay great okay. again it's more evidence for me on my on you know what i what i believe okay i mean look, we're just gonna let justin do it because he did it before they're gonna win they're very good it doesn't mean we have to like it did i do that right that's about good something to me. Up. <laughs> okay great Good. <laughs> uh, Pepper's called Silver uh, an animal, um, and City's record is 15 successive Premier League wins. 15. That record didn't last very long, did it? <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. The Chelsea record, didn't it? No, it was Arsenal. Go back to 2002. Oh, no, I didn't know, because didn't Chelsea equal it last season? I thought that was the whole point. Oh, no, they did, didn't they? Sorry. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, David Silver, more about David Silver. He's got five goals and eight assists so far this season. And Kevin De Bruyne has got uh, 14... He's been involved in 13 goals and 14 appearances since September. They yeah, are really good. good, aren't they? Yeah. You know, I, I I want to make a case for City again. And, and it's based on that. And so now everyone... I mean, it's sort of undeniable about the quality that's in their side... I don't think there's any I mean and and believe me I could find many in very recent city teams but there's they're mostly likable players I feel I mean Dave, David Silva is a very likable guy Aguero is a very likable guy um De Bruyne is a very likable player they don't uh you know they 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 just don't put me off in any real way uh, and the older I get the less uh, club loyalty I, I find I have and I'm a River supporter so I've got no dog in, in these particular fights anyway um, but but I don't know the older I get the more I look at it and think I, I understand that the resentment comes from the fact that they won the lottery that they didn't earn their money they were a, an 
uh, an oil baron's plaything. Um, so that and that'll never go away. And and I and I think that's essentially true, right? I'm not I'm not wrong in in saying that. I mean, the, the Manchester City I grew up it with, um, you know, you could walk up and buy a ticket five minutes before kickoff and all that. So uh, I understand that they've they've come into this through great fortune and no real uh, endeavor of their own. But accepting that, they're not bad to watch. Oh, they are fantastic to watch. And you're right, there's nobody in that team that is a bad egg. Uh, you know, I'd quite happily sit down and have a, a latte with all of them, really, I think. But I see what you're saying about the fact that they've got the sort of... They won the lottery, but any other team would equally have liked Sheikh Mansour to rock up. When people say that they this, this City team have bought all their success so far, any other team would be equally as wanting for an oil baron to turn up at their club. Or even have a Russian know, one, you, right? As I was going to say, have you noticed how I'm very quiet during this <laughs> conversation? Um, look, I do I resent what they're doing in other parts of the world? Do I resent that they're like doing weird, shady things in the third division of Uruguay's league? Totally. Um, but... I, again, I don't, I don't think that's why, um, I think why I don't enjoy watching them is pure um, league resentment. They're always going to win. And um, I, I did like watching this match. I really, I think David Silva, I've always loved him. Did you hate um, yourself for liking it? No, no. I, you know why? Because I, I like watching them when you see the, um, the people like like Justin said when you see the individual effort. I like watching them when they look like less of a machine. Um, and I, I, I do. I think that Kevin De Bruyne and, and David Silva are so good. Um, and and that when you see the like people behind the pep. Um, that's a little bit more interesting to me than just watching this sort of like Man City, you know, machine get churned out. I, uh, I do, yeah, I do think that with Spurs have a Spurs fans, I, I have probably the best right to feel hard done by by this City team and Pep being there and them being what they are right now because I don't think it matters so much for Chelsea that they're, they're always going to be able to build title challenging sides I think the same is is true or will be true of Manchester United Spurs right now have sort of a once in a generation player that came through their ranks and Harry Kane and Christian Eriksen is, is brilliant and all that and you don't know Jesse forgive me for saying this but yeah. you, this might be the one chance you know the next these years yeah. right now um, well they missed that chance up against you know what? Part of me, though, I have to say, this is like the weird um, growing up as an Uruguay slash Spurs slash Knicks fan in me. So this is like I should probably be in therapy forever. Is okay with that because where do you go from there? Like where do you go from winning? I wouldn't know what to do if you won the league. Like how how do you beat that? It's it's twisted a little bit. Like I, I'm okay with not winning. And I think that's also part of it. It's like I don't understand winning all the time. Well, you'll be able to understand with it. Yeah, I still wonder how Leicester fans... Imagine just being a Leicester supporter your whole life, and part of it comes with the understanding that something like winning a Premier League title is just not in your yes! first place. And then it happens. Um, I, 
And look, they all fell apart. They do, but they're they're half they're half decent this year. But but I just wonder how you go on and and the, what what your standards and expectations are. I would hope that you recognize that um, you know a, a sort of universe cataclysm happened and you benefited and and you had your moment and then you sort of are just never greedy ever again about anything. Well, You're grateful we'll for that little lightning in a bottle. We'll be able to yeah. compare. Uh, Manchester City and Tottenham on Saturday evening, Ryan, on BT Sport, because it is Manchester City at home to Tottenham Hotspur. Jesse, Tottenham Hotspur have won Correct. more away Premier League matches at Manchester City, 10 games, than any other club. Come on, say it. Nothing can go wrong now. Chris, here's the thing. I'm going to let you say all <laughs> these things because I have become very zen in the last, I don't know, 11 days. And I've decided that it is what it is. And we're back to no expectation Tottenham and it's great it's a great place to be it's super comfortable we lose when we lose Harry Kane and sometimes is... we win and winning's winning's fun Harry Kane has scored seven goals in seven Seven. Premier League away matches this season (laughs) but here's my like I really really enjoyed that interview with Poch when they were talking about the um the glass tunnel and the fights that happen in the glass tunnel did you see that no so Man City has this has like a, a glass portion of the tunnel. Did anyone see this? Oh, this is yes, the, the, where the fans sort of stand, don't they? Right, and and all these scuffles have been happening in the tunnel. There was a Man City Man United scuffle between players and management, and and everyone could see it because it's glass. And so they asked Pochettino if if it would happen, and he he didn't say yes or no. He was like, maybe we should just cover the tunnel with black fabric. Mm-hmm. It was the most Argentinian response, like. Yeah, of course, there are going to be fights. I'm not going to say no. Justin, has an opposition manager ever come into your change room and asked you to keep the music down? No, but you have to remember that, uh, you know, I played in an era where the only way you could have music in the in the, in the the changing room is if you had an actual band in there. Or if you sung off-key. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Only yeah. Carolina, you couldn't. No, you know. <laughs> What do you guys make of that? Uh, who's in the wrong? Who's in the right? Is it all a big storm in a teacup? Or was it a rather neat distraction technique from Jose uh, after his side loss? Uh, well, I think it is a, it's a distraction technique. But I, I saw something actually about 20 minutes ago on Twitter where it was, you know, quite a people should respect other people's stadiums. And it's Jose, like, pretty much shushing all the Barca fans and Victor Valdez going yes. over to him and sort of saying, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Stop it. And so he, he's not really the best person to try and get on the high horse. But then again, what have people talked about this week? It's, you know, who threw the milk <laughs> at Jose, not look at how bad Lukaku was again or look at his team selection. Exactly. I just still I still don't understand what good that does, though. So let's say like you're you're, you're right, Ryan. I mean, it has it, it has been a distraction. People haven't talked about. Lukaku's bad form, although he obviously won the midweek game. It's not like then because nobody notices and they're distracted, you sneakily get the three points. <laughs> it doesn't do any good. I, I've never truly understood this, this idea of of this also falls under the that commentator is biased against my team. Well, so what if he is? Has he gone onto the pitch and deflected a ball in, into your net? Or is he is he instructed the referee to award a penalty against you? It's amazing the things that, that supporters will get, you know, wound up about. Grown men. E- equally, I'm wound up about them getting wound up well, about. But I, <laughs> grown grown men and women. So. I don't, don't think I've ever, ever quite understood the value of it. 
Okay, well, look, the aforementioned uh, Romelu Lukaku scored the other day. Uh, he scored against Bournemouth, uh, though he didn't look very happy about it. I sort of noticed this at the time, and then they talked about it on Match of the Day afterwards, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not happy that he's in the... I, I don't know the specifics, but I assume he's not very happy that the fact that obviously it's taken this long to score again. Um, we think he would be happy, though. Well, I guess it's just still a pressure thing, so... Uh, it's interesting because I actually sort of can understand where it'd come from. But you, yeah, you scored, but obviously everyone's going to just talk about oh, he scored to end the goal drought, not just he scored. End of conversation. So I guess it's probably he's got one, but he'd probably want more and more before he starts celebrating again. Yeah. Who thinks the title race is over? Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Jose Mourinho I mean, doesn't. He said he was going to be over. Uh, Jose Mourinho is Roy Moore. He's not conceding. <laughs> well, he always did when he was at Chelsea. He was like, oh, it's a two-horse race. We're just some donkey in the background or something. <laughs> oh, he did, didn't he? He, said, he mentioned something about horses. It was always, the, it was always, the, it was always the horses, yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, United had 14... Oh, the Bournemouth had 14 shots compared to Manchester United's nine. So it was a very sort of topsy-turvy game. Luke Shaw started... Um, Scott McTinnamy also featured too. Now, next up is the Brian Robson derby as uh, Manchester United are away at West Bromwich Albion. Gareth Barry could make his 36th Premier League appearance against Manchester United. Ryan Giggs played 38 times against Liverpool. That's the only player that's faced uh, the same opponent more. Um, Alan Pardew was beaten Jose Mourinho three times. No other manager has beaten him four. Will he get there? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> I think United are going to win. By a lot? Probably not by a lot. I think West Brom, but I can't see them conceding. Maybe, maybe you know, we'll win 2 0, but I can't see them scoring more than that. Okay. You guys, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, West Brom uh, in a little bit better defensive form. I I agree with Ryan. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if United do get all three points, but don't think it'll be easy. No. Okay. Well, look, West Brom had that 0-0 draw with Liverpool, didn't they? Uh, Jurgen Klopp a bit more magnanimous than what he was in his um, post-Merseyside derby uh, speech of the day. He said, we accept the result. Um, Roberto Firmino and Mohamed Salah missed a few chances. Dominic Solanke with a little uh, hand of God there into the back of the net, wasn't there? Yeah. I don't know what, he's, what he thinks he's doing there. <laughs> Some people have been saying it's amazing how um, much um, Jordan Henderson ranted on at the referee on Sunday for the penalty, but didn't say anything for this handball. Is that a bit fair, or has that been a bit disingenuous? I mean, uh, probably, probably a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, whenever something happens against your team, you're always going to be like, you know, shouting and screaming. If something happens for your team, you're not going to exactly go crazy are you I mean I, I, I don't know it's just yeah okay he got this loud but I think he's probably knows that he hasn't got a leg to stand on whereas at the weekend it, it didn't look great obviously it's a bit of a soft penalty but mm. it's only the fifth time Liverpool haven't scored at home under Jurgen Klopp um, and West Brom it's about West Brom West Brom are winless in 15 Premier League games uh, just 14 points as well in that time yeah, they're not they're not in great form and and they are in a little bit of trouble. But you you do think that maybe that's a result that um, could certainly change spirits 
um, in training and, and get a little confidence moving forward. They won twice all season. I think they were both in August as well, weren't they? Yeah, I don't think they, they, they've been on a bad, as you said, 15 winless games. I think they started off okay-ish and then obviously it's went all downhill. Yeah. The uh, Liverpool-Bournemouth game, who remembers this from last season when Liverpool were 3-0 up and lost 4-3? Oh, I do. Yeah, remember I remember that. That was the the Carrius game where, um, yeah, there were some, there were some red flags raised about Loris Carrius in that game. I do remember. Was that the one where he um, did someone score direct from a corner or something? I, I don't think it was that. There was the, the last, you know, the added time winner where he fumbled a, a shot, and was it Nathan Ackie that sort of bumbled yeah. it in, bundled it in. And he got a lot of criticism for that, but that wasn't what concerned me. That was just a mistake, and and every goalkeeper will make a mistake. But there was, I think, the second Bournemouth goal was just sort of a straightforward shot from the top of the box, low to his left, not hit all that well, and he just didn't get to it. And that's the kind of thing, as a you know, a, a former goalkeeper and a goalkeeper coach, that that's more concerning to me than a mistake. Um, I just didn't like his footwork and body shape and the way he went about trying to trying to make a save and that and didn't um they they concerned me a little bit but i i think he has played certainly better than that in his more recent chances including in in the midweek game okay uh ryan chris did you watch your... <laughs> <laughs> did you see your chaps on tuesday beat huddersfield 3-1 uh yeah i did i watched majority of it um... what did you make of it it was a bit, a bit paint by numbers. I, I tell you what, I, I was because I was looking at my fantasy team because I've got both Aspera Greater and Rudiger, who were both on six points because of the clean sheet. And and as the the last five ten minutes were going on, I was like, Chelsea going to concede in the last minute. And we always do it where we just, for some unbeknown reason, we just don't. Oh, sorry, we just switch off. And it's so frustrating to watch. I mean, no wonder Courtois nowhere near the Golden Glove because. We just give away clean sheets in like the last two or three minutes in games that don't really matter at that point. Um, but it should, Do you it think that's be... why it happens? Because they just assume the games don't matter? Uh, definitely. I think it's that oh, we're 3-0 up, so you know, do we need to pay as much attention for the last few minutes? And obviously it usually comes back to bite us, um, which, which isn't a great thing to do. And I, I'd like to think that Conte would be sort of... He'll be happy that we scored three, but at the same time, I'm sure he'll be he'd be furious that we can see that they goal. He said they're still at the title race. Uh, they're 11 points behind Manchester City. He's been a bit of a moaning mini this season, isn't he? Uh, he's moaned about the fixture congestion. He's moaned about uh, not being able to get players and all this sort of the right sort of players. If you're a Chelsea player sat in the dressing room listening to all this negativity, it's not going to inspire you, is it? Uh, well, I don't know. It's a bit arguable. I think... Especially for the the transfer front, I think he's got a right to be. No, he hasn't. Yes. No, no, I don't know. I'll tell you why. No, I'll tell you why. Because the three hundred and forty-seven players you got out on loan. Uh, no, no, I think, and I think some, that's something that might change now that um, Michael Emiliano has gone from being director of football. Um, but the, that's the thing with Chelsea is I, I don't always think it's the manager's fault because, from what I know, they don't actually have much. The fact that he's saying I want players suggest that he's asked the board for players and they're going, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And then they don't get it done. Um, I think he has got a right to, to complain that then again, Matic was sold, which on the face of it, when you've got Bakayeko having a really bad start, despite scoring at midweek, 
Or does anyone know if that actually went through as an own goal or not? I think it went down to his goal. I think it. Need to make. Um, yeah, so I'd, he's moaning, but I don't think he's generally happy at Chelsea, and I think. I, I can't imagine him being there next season. No. No. Okay, well, look, are away to Watford at the weekend, um, and they've lost five of their last six Premier League matches. They were doing so well, weren't they? Yeah. They're 12th now. Well, that's not so bad, is it? I suppose they're they 17th, they'd, they'd be happy. I think they'll take, if you had them 12th today, they'd snap your hand off. So. They've got Tom Ince, who has taken 40 shots this season without scoring. That's the most out of any uh, Premier League player. That's a rather familiar tale for me, playing football, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's struggling. I think even in the, the Chelsea game, he, the, he had a couple of chances to try and break down the line and take players on, and he eventually either... Lost out, choose to get an out strength, or he tried to dribble and it didn't work. He just something's obviously not working. Um, and I don't know the managers are saying just keep shooting until it goes in. Mm. <laughs> but obviously, if, as long as it, it keeps getting worse and worse, the stat will always look as bad, and he, he's got that to deal with. Who saw the video the other week of a uh, young Tom Ince playing football against the young Casper Schmeichel at Old Trafford? Oh, I saw that. That was brilliant. <laughs> that was very sweet, wasn't it? It was. Uh, and Chelsea are um, at home Southampton in the Kerry Dixon derby this weekend uh, Ethan Ampadu made his debut this week for Chelsea at 17 years and 89 days he's the second youngest Chelsea player in the Premier League Ryan Ooh. and the other two who could you guess is their youngest player youngest player it will be one of the obviously people out on loan probably or people who have already sold uh I don't actually know. I couldn't do it off the top of my head. Would you guys like a clue? Yes. Yes. He has a girl's name. <laughs> Eden? No. I mean, I have a boy. Oh, this is... I was going to say, we're getting into der- dangerous territory with Jesse now. <laughs> I have a boy's name, so I don't know. It's hard. Um, 15 years ago. 16, maybe oh, well, late, maybe longer than that. Or maybe, we could be talking about 20 years ago, actually. Well... That Chelsea didn't exist 20 years ago, did they? Because uh, <laughs> no money or anything. <laughs> Jody oh, Morris. Oh, Jody Morris. Oh, you have to think Jody. Chris loves people named Jody. Oh, yes. You should have said current, like, and, and well, reserve manager or whatever his name is. That's Jody Morris. Oh, I'd know it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the idea. Um,. Well, look, they aforementioned Southampton. They were at home to uh, Leicester this week, um, and it didn't go particularly well for them. Claude Puel uh, had his revenge. Southampton lost 4-1. Uh, Riyad Mahrez with a goal, Okazaki with um, two goals, and Andy King and Yoshida scored. It's the first time two Asian players have scored in the Premier League in the same match. Um, the first Mahrez goal, who saw this one? He's so good. I tried <laughs> to watch it earlier, but the, the clip... Uh, had been taken down. Basically, he picks the ball up from deep, runs at the uh, Southampton defensive back off. He, man- he turns and sort of twists, falls over, manages to get back up without being tackled, runs another 20 or 30 yards and wallops the ball in the corner. They were awful, Southampton were. Absolutely awful. Southampton annoy me so much because <laughs> I just... I, I want them to be so much better than they are and I always think they should be, you know, based on who they've got and I think... Yeah, okay, they've lost a lot of players over the years because of obviously, you know, bigger clubs have come calling, cool, cool, well, one club. And 
you know, just every time they play and they just they get beat. When they get beat, they get beat properly and they always get sort of stonked for a couple of goals. And it just frustrates me because I always think they've got potential to be a good top seven, top six club if, if they kept a couple of their players. And, I mean, Van Dijk, I'm sure, will go in January. And then that'll be another one that they'll be weaker because of it and they'll just lose more games. Yeah, we've said that about so many clubs and I, I think we talked about Stoke a while ago and I think that, I don't know whether it's like chemistry or like some sort of, they need like a club psychologist, but it is, it's just some, some like you see them on paper and on paper they should be so much better than they are. I think you were right. Um, they got booed off at half time and um, Richard Pellegrino had a few choice words to say about his place. From what he was saying, it wasn't an ability thing, it's more an attitude thing, is what, what he was saying. Could they have got some but isn't that his job at some point? Like, <laughs> if, if, if he is admitting it's an attitude thing, then whose fault is that? Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the players. And that's you've not going to help. If your own boss is saying it's an attitude thing, then what's going to make it worse? Like, hearing well, the, that. The, the thing is, if, if, I, if I go to work and I get told you've got an attitude problem, chances are I'm getting a disciplinary. <laughs> Right. <laughs> What's the player's going to get? Don't do that again. Uh, whatever. Right. And then just walk off. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They had the Van Dyke thing at the start of the season. Uh, but they have got some good players. They've got Buffal. They've got uh, Charlie Austin. They've got uh, Dusan Tadic. They've got some Redmond. very, very good players. Like Nathan Redmond, Ryan Bertrand, Champions League winner. They've got some very good yeah. players, haven't they? You know what the problem might be, Chris, when you list those players, is that those players haven't got any competition for their place. The, the Southampton are just that size of club where they've got good enough players that bigger clubs want. And uh, as we know, they frequently end up going to those bigger clubs. But while they're at Southampton, they're not, there's not, they're not enough good players there where they're really being pushed for their place. And, you know, as Jesse says, if they're not being motivated properly, because, that, that, you know, they, they do need to be motivated. Professionals are used to having everything done for them from the moment they enter um, an academy system, particularly when they sign a professional contract. And I mean everything. I mean, I'm sure people know this, but they don't, you know, pay their own electric bill and, and in many cases, you know, do their own shopping and all that. Like, I mean, can I do that? Like, I every... will compete for that. I will yeah. come and, and, and play for Southampton. Right. That's great. <laughs> yeah, but but really, I do, I do sometimes wonder if uh, the, the problem with a club like at that level. Southampton are one of those sides where when your side are playing them away you think oh this is a tough one and yet when any of your rivals play them they just roll over and die it seems yeah. and i just want yeah. the motivation and then the, the the fear to stay in the division isn't really there because they never really flirt with relegation it seems and uh, for the individual good players their their places aren't under threat so it's a tough one Pretty and cool. and and then finally the other missing motivation is they know they're not going to challenge for a European spot either and so they're just uh, sort of making up the numbers very meat Justin, potato, that's really interesting yeah yeah um Charlie Austin scored uh eight in his last 12 Premier League starts Southampton including four in his last four but Southampton have only kept one clean sheet in their last 24 meetings with Chelsea that was Boxing Day 2002 Justin who's in goal 2002 uh, there's a the rain, a range of candidates. 2002. I mean, that's 15 years ago. We so wax lyrical on this guy before. I, I I think that would be after Tim Flowers. Um, yeah. 
after Bruce Grobelar weirdly was there, uh, long after Peter Schultz. And I'm going to just list all the, the Southampton <laughs> David Besant. I can think of David Besant. Yeah, yeah. Can you give me a hint? Uh, mad staring eyes. A very, it kind of looked very, very slightly like Santi Ta- uh, Canizares. Mad staring eyes and Santi Canizares. Uh, uh, does, oh, uh, is it Antony Amy? It is Antony Amy. Yes, yes. Very underrated keeper. <laughs> I think we've said that before, haven't we? Yep, I agree. I agree. And just about as blonde as you can physically get. Uh, <laughs> very Aryan. <laughs> yeah. uh, Antonio Conte's got the best percentage of any permanent Chelsea manager, Ryan. Well, again, it's just a shame that he won't be there next season. <laughs> You're going to win this one, though, are you? Oh, uh, now, let's... Let, well, you seem to think it go wrong now. No, because <laughs> I did that last week. And, <laughs> did you? And, we, and then we lost to West Ham, so... Yeah, I said, yeah, I said it's only Southampton, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it was only... It was the whole... <laughs> David Moyes was never beaten or, or whatever, so... um Go on, stand up in your chair... Deep breath, close your eyes, chest I'm out. On the new couch. Okay. On the new couch. Oh, and your new I'm couch, gonna, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say everything is going to be okay. Oh, he's much braver than I am. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even gone that far. Start a race is over anyway, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, next up, Leicester City. Um, they are off to... Uh, oh, no, they're home to Crystal Palace. Um, since Claude Puel took over, only Burnley and Manchester City got more Premier League points. Everyone was down on this guy, weren't they? Yeah, I, I including myself. You were, I, yes. I, I, that's I thought you're it a, was... That's I hate you live in a, managers, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. You live in a Premier League bubble, and this man came from the outside. You thought, who's this guy? He's <laughs> he's holding young managers like Sam Allardyce and people like that back. <laughs> Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew, yeah. <laughs> who's this foreign manager? Who do you think he is? <laughs> I, you know what? I, I take it back. I think he's obviously done wonders for their confidence so far as a, as a team. Um, they needed someone to come in and stabilise it, which is... Which he's done, so fair play. Well, the um, the Southampton fans the other day probably wanted him back, wouldn't they? Oh, I think, yeah. It's always, uh, it's always the way. Yeah. This, of course, is the Paddy McCarthy derby. Uh, how do you see this one going, Justin? Um, Leicester in a rampaging form right now. I, I see them continuing that. Well, I saw Palace after the other night, aren't they? Yeah, but, you know, the thing to remember here is how often I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> it was it was me last week who was very confident that Arsenal would go to Southampton and and uh, put two or three goals and pass and win comfortably, and of course they did not. No, Jesse, Chris, do you remember that terrible start that uh, Crystal Palace had, where they didn't score in their first three hundred games and they lost them all? I do. What are you about to tell me about it? Well, they are about to go, or if if they um, get a, a decent result at Leicester at the weekend, they are aiming to go seven matches unbeaten in the Premier League for the first time. Oh, that's good. But they're still in the relegation zone after all that. The Hodgson effect. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe that means that it's like that that nothing to lose thing, where all they really have to do, like what you know, when you're hovering above the relegation zone and you play that weird like, can we can we manage a tie? Mm. Can we do that? They've got nothing. Like they just <laughs> somebody just giggled. It's okay. They're just going to throw it all. Like they just have to throw it all out there. And sometimes that makes it easier for teams. I feel like they just have to take their top off and walk down the street, don't they? 
they Proudly. but that's not for that's for business oh so business can't do that can they they just have to not smile yeah <laughs> and don't read <laughs> Yeah, put their heads down and go. <laughs> uh, yeah, because they had that good result, didn't they? They beat um, Watford 2-1 the other day. Now, Watford took the lead through a Daryl Young, Matt Hedder, uh, and it would have stayed that way until the 87th minute when Tom Cleverley got a second yellow and was sent off, and then they proceeded to re- concede two goals, uh, Bakary Sacco and James MacArthur. You'd be, you'd, this... As I say, you'd be furious at, Cle- at Tom Cleverley, wouldn't you, as, as a Watford player just sort of thinking you you know we're in a position where we're we're fairly safe and to to throw it away and obviously it might not be the only reason why it happened but to to have an extra man less while they're pushing for a goal obviously doesn't help yeah you're right i mean it was a second yellow so i mean you can sort of forgive him the fact that i think it was a um uh, i think it was a sort of tackle that went a bit askew I mean, I always not think, a, I always the clever. best tackler to begin with, yeah. though. No. So it's not like. <sighs> I think he's always got a bit of a temper as well. Whenever I see him, he always looks a bit like he like he's ready to spark someone out of him. Then, but he askews like generally, like he's the kind of player who should maybe know better than to go in for that kind of challenge that he took. Yeah. Okay, uh, I was trying to read. I'm. Uh, I saw a. Um... I saw a couple of tweets earlier on today where Roy Hodgson has had another little tiny go at Christian Benteke following on from the penalty stealing and missing incident. He says, we can't afford to carry passengers, uh, particularly goal scorers who aren't scoring goals. Don't you hate that when when someone steals your penalty and then misses it anyway? It always goes bad, doesn't it? It always goes bad. I encourage everyone to watch that penalty again because I, I apologize for forgetting the player who he took it off of. Who was that? <laughs> okay, good. Not just me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so he had obviously had the first penalty earlier in the game and scored. And when uh, when Benteke takes it off him, he just sort of he's standing hands on hips. Um, he's not going to you know run in and, and follow in in case the goalkeeper saves it, he's, and he doesn't react at all. And that actual lack of reaction to me was him sort of knowing this was going to go poorly and not having any faith that Benteke was going to score. There was a shot of the penalty being taken from uh, behind the Crystal Palace goal, back at the other end of the pitch. So you can see all the players stood watching. Uh, and when Benteke got the ball, I think it was Scott Dan sort of threw his arms in the air in disbelief. Like, and then like when, why? Yeah. And then yeah. when he missed, he sort of had his head in his hands afterwards as if, he yeah. again, he knew it was going to happen. Julius but Murray, that, come. That, that quote, Chris, from, from Roy Hodgson, it, it, again, he's picking him. Yes. We can't afford to have passengers as well. Right. Then drop him. For... Or tell him, never take a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like... Palace have got a few extra strikers to have, haven't they? Got um, Patrick Bamford from Chelsea, or did he go somewhere else? He's a Middlesbrough, they... isn't he? Oh, I think oh, maybe it was last season. He was a Chelsea players. No, right, it is. There's so many. Uh, well, we did sell him. To be fair, we didn't loan him out this time. But I, I seem to remember they had a point where they actually had quite a few strikers on there. Their books, but maybe not. They had Fraser Campbell as well, and he's gone, hasn't he? So yeah. he I, I guess it's just like just get. Yeah, it's just difficult to see why Ben, as Justin said, well, why is he getting picked? Yeah, and the penalty, the actual penalty, was about as as poor a penalty as you could ever hope to see. Oh, it was awful. Was it? Was, it was Gareth Southgate at Euro '96 esque? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, just sort of prodded towards goal with very little conviction and no great idea. Oh, just twat it hard down the middle. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> twat... <laughs> twat it hard down the Is middle. That a... That's a verb? To twat it. Okay, just it, it, You know what I mean, don't you, Ryan? Yeah, Is, a... no, yeah. Is that related to plumbing equipment? No. What? Oh, tw- no. Well... <laughs> You've got to go high if you do that, Chris. You got if you if you hit yes. it hard up the middle, like like not not to bring this memory up for you, but oh, as so Rooney did in the derby, if if you go if you hit it too hard up the middle and low, the goalkeeper's still there. They haven't dived out of the way yet. So. Stuart Pearce at Italian ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, oh, the, you the, could it. Penenka it. Abio it all the way. Could you imagine if Christian Benteke did a penenka that last week and then the keeper <laughs> oh. caught it? Oh my gosh. Uh. <laughs> or you go Roberto Baggio and you just like twat it over the bar. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, Junis Baroni just thinks he's going to make his 400th appearance at Palace this weekend. Um, 4,868 days since his debut in 2004. Really good goalkeeper and a, and a, and a, a fan favourite there. I'm glad to see him back in the first team. Who remembers when he had that enormous David Seaman ponytail? Yes, they had a picture of it the other day. He was competing with Gabor Karali with a track seat when he arrived, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, that's actually generous calling that a track suit. What <laughs> Gabor Karali wear? Grey sweatpants. They weren't good, were they? No. I love... I, he can never give those up. It, it's actually one of the, a, such a small pleasure I had that he had his moment in the sun at the at the last Euros where, you know, he's always been sort of a cult figure, but to to shine on the, the grand international stage as he did, if people even remember, but he played a couple of blinders at the Euros. I was so happy for yep. that. He was he did 40, well. 40 odd, 40 years old. And I was, yeah, I thought that was great. Well, we've got the Egyptian goalkeeper next summer, haven't we? 44 years old. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. I don't think was... he was at Italian 90. Uh, I think he was, he, he might have been at Italian 90. I can't remember his name. El, El, I can't remember his name. I don't do want to. Do I don't want to attempt it without sort of sounding like a terrible racist either. So you don't want to do that. No. I think he would probably have been too young for for Italian ninety, right? That was twenty seven years ago, isn't it? I think so. I think he won a sort of um, he, he won an African, he won an Afcon with them back in the early nineties. Um, while you're googling that, Burnley won Stoke nil. Burnley had to wait till the eighty ninth minute. They're in fourth place, Burnley. Sean oh, Dyche says football is all about dreams. Oh, I, I saw his uh, thing after the game, and it was. Uh, I think the journalists were asking him some questions. He said, "Answer it by ask any questions you want. Answer them any way you want. I don't care. I'm proud. I'm the mayor of Proudsville, oh, or something." <laughs> he seemed genuinely so happy. I did see something about him earlier on Sky Sports actually that's saying he still won't be picked as the. Like he, he still won't have his name thrown into the hat for the next big Premier League job. What does he do so right? I don't know. It's difficult, but everyone just seems really enamoured with him. I mean, I can understand why There was an article Everton about him in the Times a couple of weeks ago, too, about, you know, just, like, his mix of old-fashioned coaching style and progressivism. And that was sort of the question, was, what makes this work? You always wonder what the exact formula is, but the end result is that the players are responding to him. 
Um, they've, they've bought in, is what we would say in the States. Mm. There's um, your chemistry again, right? Sometimes yeah, it just has to fit. Because in, unless it's a case for someone like, like Guardiola where you can see a specific uh, tactical style that he wants his players to implement and it takes time and eventually they do and you can recognize it. It's not so much that you can recognize um, Daish's tactics. It's that he's got the individual players believing in their ability as a team and playing to their best individual ability, which then, of course, makes the team as a whole better. And um, it's a difficult, difficult thing to do, and it's no fluke. Uh, I I just remember, uh, I don't think it was last season, but the season before, they had the good home record, but a dreadful away record where they couldn't win or buy points away. And you look at this season, and it's just... They're great from everywhere. I think it's just buying into that whole each player knows what they're doing and they, they believe in it. Uh, let's talk about his counterpart, Mark Hughes. Uh, Stoke have had a bad week. They were confronted by their own fans after the 5-1 defeat at uh, Spurs last week. They were at the train station waiting to catch a train and they got spotted by some Stoke fans who very much told them what they were doing wrong and where they were going wrong and what exactly they thought of them. Uh, Mark Hughes wanted to see a reaction um, to that didn't get one. Is he now next on the getting sack list? 100%. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying that if and when he does go, uh, he'd be the prime candidate for the Wales job. I feel yeah. sorry for him a little bit because he's tried something. They, they had the type of football they had under Pulis for years and as much as they liked it, and as much as it was fun seeing Rory Delap throw a ball fifty yards, <laughs> and, you know, in the first couple of years, which was brilliant fun, um, he didn't really progress them all that much. Hughes comes in with a different style of football. Do you think some of the players he's brought in, Bojan, Shakiri, Afale, um, Hesse, Hesse Rodrigo, yeah, and yeah. it's just not worked. It's not. The... Well, yeah, but does he deserve? And I don't know the answer to this, but does he deserve the chance to try? I mean. You know, again, I, I understand that you know the the easy thing and the instinct is to reshuffle and to blame the manager. But again, you know, Uruguay's had the same manager for going on fifteen years, and it's it's we've had him through a lot of downs and also really incredible highs. And I think the benefit of that is you build this unbelievable trust not only in your players but in your fans and you allow a lot of experimentation <laughs> to happen and so when something doesn't work you don't throw the entire system out you you reshuffle you know it's not like up oh, fuck that oh sorry jared hey jared it's me remember um you know let's let's start from from ground one like we saw happen with swansea you know on manager 97 and a half of where they gave bob bradley 12 minutes um mm. but but you're allowed a certain leeway um, and and you also are not, you know, giving your manager. Um, you're not you're not implementing this sort of system of like fear, where they have like two games and they must win, or they know they're going to be fired. So I don't know. I don't I don't know what all that takes or like what the answer is. But I do think there is something to like, you know, an arson finger in a way, where like he's just there, like he's what you got, and and. He's gonna he's gonna be allowed to work within the system. Well, Stoke are next at home to West Ham, who drew at home with aforementioned Arsenal. Um, kind of the result, kind of the fixture you want after the last couple of results, isn't it? If you're Mark Hughes, 
I don't know, actually. I mean, because West Ham are coming into it with a good bit of form. Um, and, and losing to them could easily be the last draw. Uh, I get what you're saying, Jesse, about, you know, um, keep it, made, does he deserve a chance? But the unfortunate reality is the Premier League is, if you don't, if you're not succeeding and it looks like you could end up being in a relegation battle, then the the, the sad reality is getting any manager in often improves results. Yeah. And, and, and that's what they need. And it just seems to improve them like short term until you bring the same person back just in a different team. You know, like, until you, you fire Pardew and then you bring him back for another team or something. Like, well, you get like yeah. a short burst of improvement until you don't. 100%, and I think Stoke, you know, should have some credit for getting the players that they've got in, but I guess it, it doesn't mean anything if they can't work with the rest of the squad you've already got. Right, um, yeah. And it, is, it comes back to that chemistry thing. It's great to have someone like Shakiri and S.A. Rodriguez and Bojan, but obviously Bojan, as it turns out, worked for a little bit and, and faded away through different various reasons, but, you know, it made they need to go back. fade away. Well, yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. You should um, yeah. do something with that. Me? Uh, yeah, like make that into a song or something. Well, it was a song from a Neil Young song. <laughs> I'm kidding. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know, but you're all you're you're younger than me, so I don't know if you heard of Neil Young. <laughs> or whether Kurt Cobain used it on his suicide note. Did he? Um, he played with Taylor Swift, right? Would wow? Wouldn't we all like to? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, Burnley are away at Brighton who uh, lost 2 of to Spurs. Did Serge Aurier mean that cross-shot thingy, Jesse? Uh, definitely not. No. On. No. <laughs> He'll say he did. Are you saying that because it's Serge Aurier? Yes. Okay, did Harry Kane mean that cross-shot <laughs> that went into the goal? Harry Kane means every magnificent thing that he ever does. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Aurier, he's getting pushed to the ground. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Delano ends up trying to flag for a free kick. I definitely don't think that he tried to actually put that in the back of the net. Look, I think there's a great... I don't know what... I think it was a director who once said that, like, when you... If you fall down, you have to get up with, like, a ta-da, as if you not only meant it, but you meant it five times more than that. So, like, you fall down, you throw your hands up in the air and, and, like, pose. And I think that's what he did. He managed to turn it into a great moment and and good for him but did i do i think he started off meaning it no okay eric mellis had his first start in a year he must be pleased by that but who remember i mean i forgot what he looked like forgot yeah forgot we had him no it's not true um <laughs> yes and i was very pleased that he like integrated the way that he did reintegrated the way that he did hmm uh, Justin Spurs have won five out of their last six at Wembley. They had that bleak start, didn't they? But they picked it up now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we we might have discussed this back when they were having their struggles. Um, it, I guess it feels more like home now. They've established a routine there, and there's just a familiarity with it. Uh, that's always always the challenge when a, a a team changes their home ground, gets a new stadium, or has a temporary home. And I think we might be seeing it with West Ham at the same time. Um, you lose one of the main advantages of playing at home, which is having a set routine and feeling comfortable in your environment. Um, and that, that obviously took a while uh, for Spurs to develop. But as you say, the results are now now good. 
And so uh, that will feed on it. They have good recent memories of their results and performances there, and that can help just continue those results. Okay. Uh, and the last one of the our roundup is uh, Newcastle, who lost 1 0 at home to Everton. Um, Wayne Rooney scored a goal there with. Uh, Everton's first Premier League away win since January. Newcastle next are away to Arsenal in the Malcolm McDonald derby. Is it Malcolm McDonald? Yes. I was, th- <laughs> I was thinking of Malcolm McLaren then, but that's something completely different, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> uh, not going well for Newcastle, is it? It's their fourth consecutive loss. Rafa's not happy again. Um, and he's never won away at Arsenal in the Premier League. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be another good day for them, uh, unfortunately. Uh, as as much as... I think you know, actually, I actually respect what Rafa's doing at Newcastle. Don't, you know, despite... don't, try and dig, <laughs> don't try and dig your way out of this now. No, no, no but you know, genuinely, to, to stay at that club during that time was you know, fair play. Um, and it seems, obviously, the sale looks like it's going to go through for Newcastle uh, sooner rather than later, which that they... I think it's probably a case of treading water until that sale goes through in January. They might be able to get some players in. And I think he might be able to turn it around so they, they can stay up. But at the moment, is it just a case of trying to cut your losses for the last few games? Brian, who would you rather see the uh, win the league? Rafa Benitez or Pep Fraudiola? <laughs> uh, probably, probably Rafa, actually. I, I, I thought you were going to say Rafa or Jose, because I'd definitely say Rafa. He still loves Jersey. He won all those trophies for you. I, I genuinely, he, he left such a sour note everywhere about everything. I just, yeah, I just can't be dealing with him. Okay, fair enough. Right. That is our Premier League roundup done. There was a Champions League goal this week. Um, some exciting, some not so exciting ones. Uh, Paul Besiktas and Ricardo Quaresma, they got Bayern Munich. Can't wait for Quaresma to do some, you know. Lovely trickery. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know that Bayern are quite what they have been in the past, though. I, I, I think uh, I'm not predicting an upset, but Besiktas could cause them problems and make it. They definitely could. I mean, you look at how many points Besiktas actually got in their group uh, and how well they played. Bayern, it's definitely not a walkover by any stretch. They had a very hard group to Besiktas actually, didn't they? With Leipzig and Porto and people like that, Monaco. Mm. Uh, go on. In all seriousness, Ryan, Chelsea, you've got Barcelona. Ah, uh, this game again. Ah, uh, you know, I'm su- I'm to be I'm support- sort of surprised. If, if Chelsea go through, I can imagine it's going to be Liverpool in the next round. One because... of my favourite memories of the Champions League is Chelsea versus Barcelona. The... Really? Wait, wait, wait! On. Well, which, which one? Which one? Yeah. <laughs> because it's either going to be the Torres goal, mm-hmm. or it's going to be the Chelsea be should have had five penalties but never got any of them. Which one do you think? <laughs> it's going to be the second one, isn't it? <laughs> of course, it is. Yeah, and of course, Look, Iniesta at the a, end. It's an effing disgrace, Darby. Yes. <laughs> was that the one where Iniesta scored in the 94th minute as well? Yeah, or something? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, how could you not have that as your favourite Champions League moment for Chelsea? It, it, I watched it back, actually, a couple of months ago. Did you? Uh, when I was just... Only not the full game. I was just... I, I watched the Torres goal because every so often I just have to go watch it and just hear <laughs> Gary Neville's <laughs> amazing reaction. Um, but And then I got into some, like, Chelsea versus whoever, Chelsea versus Liverpool in the Champions League, and then that game, and you, you watch the the penalty incidents back, and you just think, I, I don't understand 
how that game happened. And then, I mean, it was a good goal from Iniesta as well, if I remember rightly. He, he sort of from outside the box. And, right in the top corner, yeah. Yeah, and Barca obviously, you know, played would, would have played very well. But it was it was just a, such a crazy game to to sort of revisit because I remember watching it and just thinking this is just. Yeah, I have a I have a pretty hard I have a pretty hard fast and rule that I've well, I actually broke for that that game. For instance, Chris, if you were to, or any Liverpool fan were to say that they were you know an injustice was done in the Merseyside derby, it was never a penalty. I would say, yeah, that's probably correct. It was definitely a soft decision, but it was just the one decision, and you've got ninety minutes, and um, he shouldn't be putting his hands up anyway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you, Getting to the point of there is no defending that referee performance in that tie. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was almost like he just decided not to be a professional referee and and w- was just going to really refuse uh, to give these, these just utter stonewall penalties in in Chelsea's favor. People tend what to equate- call that Clattenburging. I was about yeah. to say maybe he was letting Chelsea implode. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, a penalty is not a goal. I'm always sort of quick to point out too, but but you know you still have to actually you have five <laughs> from the spot. But when there's four of them, I think there's probably a good chance that Chelsea would have gotten a couple past Victor Valdez that day. It was the referee's <laughs> revenge for Anders Frisk. Was that uh, Ryan? Do you remember another Chelsea Barcelona Champions League? Whatever there, maybe it was a group game within the group one year and. and where Frank Lampard scored from almost no angle, from from down yes. on the end line, basically. Yeah, he's back to goal, and he just sort of spun and chipped. I think, that, I think that was a... Um, I don't think it was a good game. I think it was a knockout game. Because it was a knockout. Yeah, there was one where it, it, it was just goals pretty much the entire game. It was pretty much like 3-3 or 4-4 at the end of the, the That the might have been legs. the game. Ronald Dio ran, ran through everybody, ran through the whole Chelsea defence in, in that game, too. And Yeah, and like Ramirez scored a bit of a... Like a chip or something, because he always seems to pop up in those scenarios. But well, no, that was that was when you that was when you beat them. Oh yes, I did. Yeah, this problem with this, Chelsea Barca. There's too many times. Horrible. Yeah, this would have been an earlier one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. When I believe when Ronaldinho was still at Barcelona. Yeah, no, I remember the Lampard goal. Maybe one of our many, many, many listeners will tweet us with the mm. details. Maybe of the one maybe I... Martin Goodman will remember. Oh yeah, that's the one. He seems like the kind of guy with a good memory, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, should I um, WhatsApp him? Should I text him? Should I should I tweet him? What is uh, it? Neither, none of those above options would be good. Should when he visits? Should I should I ask him when he visits me? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, cool. Great. <laughs> ask him about Shatkan in Nets versus Roma. I'm, I'm hoping Roma in this one. Yeah, I think Roma will be fine, and it, it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see them cause, when. I don't seem to remember them often being in the sort of the later stages of the knockouts. No, they've got a terrible habit of shooting themselves in the foot, and I'm hoping it doesn't carry on because I, I quite like this Roma team. It'd be very good to see them in the next. They'll be one of those teams that you know you obviously always want to try and avoid the, the massive, massive teams, but Roma are going to be one of those. Or oh, I don't really want to face them actually because they're quite res- resilient and obviously they play very well against Chelsea. Yeah, uh, Juventus, Tottenham, Basel, Man City, Porto, Liverpool, and Seville, Man United are. Um... Ties that'll interest the British contingent. Who can see good things, bad things happening amongst there? You beat Juventus in a pre-season friendly, didn't you, Jesse? We did. I, I think that's. I mean, you know, I'm always nervous. Madrid, so. Well, yeah, that was spooky. Um, 
I'm always anxious watching, but I think it'll be... Nothing can go wrong now. Say it. <laughs> Many things can go wrong, uh, including the repeal of net neutrality. Oh, wait, that happened. Um, I, Nothing can go wrong now. Juventus... I don't know. Hold on. Let me cast my brains back. Wait, you trying to, to check uh, how good Juventus are? Was that... Yeah, I'm trying to think back to the season. Um, I'm trying to think they're very good. They're very good. I know. That's... They're not doing they're as no, good in the league this season. Milan, yeah, so they're not into Milan, though. So. No, uh, yeah, no Benucci this bad. season. Gosh, sounds like a gimme, this does. It could be really bad. Nothing can go wrong now. <laughs> what? It'll, be Wait, fun. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be really fun to watch. To Tottenham or to Juve? Ah. <laughs> Okay, it'll. <laughs> I will watch it. How's that? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Real Madrid versus Paris Saint Germain. Oh, we can all get around this. This is one for the football purists, isn't it? Oh my god, this is going to be so fun. We're just going to watch Neymar auditioning for his new team. I was, I was about to say, is he just going to be sort of standing around next to Ronaldo going, sorry, I should be on the other side. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I take my shirt off too? Can I do it? Can I take my shirt off? <laughs> uh, it'll be a good one to watch, though. I'm, I'm oh, sort of hoping be it's, it's going to be... so much posturing. I can just, oh, I'm sort of just hoping it's going to PSG let's score loads of goals in the first leg and then just blow it all again. It'll be like a load of rutting stats, isn't it? <laughs> it's gonna be, it? There's going to be so much testosterone on that field. Like, just, <laughs> It's going to be like dueling testosterone egos, and it'll be great. How many goals is Cavani going to score? He's just going to hold back and let other people score because that's what he does because he's so selfless. <laughs> Not with penalties, though. <laughs> it's his job. Imagine if him and Christian Benteke were on the same team. Oh, oh my god. god! He'd never get runs taking it. Stop it! <laughs> um, go on, give me some hope for Liverpool Porto. I think it'll be a really good game. Porto, obviously, are one of those teams where you you sort of would have wanted to get them out of everyone, uh, sort of them and sort of people like Shakhtar and people like that. They're, they're not a bad side by any stretch, and especially, I think we said this last week, watching the Champions League goal show, they score quite a lot of goals. Yeah, Ubercar. Say, say nothing one. can go wrong. You should say it. You should say it right now. Go on, do you know what? I'm going to say it. Go on. It's going to be fine. Nothing can go wrong. Say it. Nothing can go wrong now. Good job. Oh, I can't wait for the Porto to win. Yeah. Three <laughs> I'm just thinking of Ubercar versus Dejan Lovren. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not going to be fun, is it? No. By that time, you should have. A, you, by that time, you should surely have a new centre back. God, you'd hope, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> other things that have happened in football and this week: uh, a small, quiet affair in Belgrade as Partizan took on Red Star in the eternal derby, ended one-one. Um, who saw some of the pyrotechnics on this? Who saw the Partizan fans attack each other? Yeah, that was bad. It wasn't good, was it? Bit of a, you know, they're just, you know, just having a bit of fun, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> hashtag bants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the World Club this cup cup. Oh my gosh! Try again. Me. Try one more time. <laughs> Once more, we're feeling World Club Cup. Yay! Semi-finals. Uh, oh, right, Spanish. You are in a little bit of trouble there. <laughs> they were. Thank you. Yes, I was going to try a bit of Spanish yeah, pronunciations there. It was Al Jazeera took the lead, didn't they, against uh, Real Madrid? And then scored again, but this, but uh, the VAR took it away. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo and uh, Bell, Gareth Bale scored. Um, 
Christian Bale. Christian Bale did a great job. Uh, he's really method acting that role. <laughs> the Al Jazeera fans were singing messy songs at Ronaldo and he wasn't very happy looking at some of the footage either. Uh, Gremio, am I right pronouncing that correctly? Gremio. Sorry? Gremio. Gremio. It's very hard to do this without sounding like Manuel from Faulty Towers. Uh, yeah. They beat Pachua. Are you waiting for... I'm waiting for some kind of affirmation that. from you. That's good. Was that right? Pachua? Pachua. There you go. It's Pachuco, isn't it? From Mexico? Is it Pachuca? I was spelling, sorry. Is that who they were playing? Yeah, I thought you were, I thought you were talking about like Romeo and Juliet. No, yeah. Pachuca. Sorry. Oh, but you guys, but you got yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this was after extra time. This is Everton Suarez. Uh, Soares, Suarez, S O A R E S. Suarez. <laughs> okay. I, I would have said Soares to be fair. <laughs> well, to be fair, Sebastian, we say Coates. Sebastian Coates, his dad's from Scotland and he says Coates. Coates, Sebastian so, Coates. Right. <laughs> so, I'm sure in some parts of the world it's Soares, but it's, you know. So, what is it? Suarez. So why is it not? Why, why is he not spelled the same as Luis Suarez? Well, why isn't your name not does not Tris? It's a C H. So it's pronounced the same, even though it's spelled completely differently. Yeah. Oh, so why doesn't everyone just speak English? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, right, try... who, who hates the foreign managers now? <laughs> Chris, Chris, when when Poppy comes to you and says, "Why is T H?" R O U G H not set not <laughs> but C O U G H not <laughs> then tell me about English. Fair enough. Uh, the final is this Saturday at five o'clock. Um, can anyone see Gremio beating Real Madrid? <laughs> I, no. I really want them to have only so we can keep talking about them. I can't see it, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oliver Kahn said he regrets not joining Manchester United in 2003 when he had the chance. Uh, Oliver Kahn, Justin? Good yeah, goalkeeper, obviously. bad man? Uh, no, yeah, good good goalkeeper. Um, he would have been falling into that post-Michael period where, where Manchester United did have an awful lot of trouble before Edwin van der Sar came in. Those were the sort of Roy Carroll, Tim Howard years. Hmm. And... Um, I, I think that obviously uh, Oliver Kahn would have been an upgrade in them, yes. Michael okay. Ballack wouldn't agree. He wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Radamel Falcao, who saw his goal against Kahn? I tweeted you about this, didn't I, Justin? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Good for him. Great hit. Um, and you were quite right, Chris, in that stumbling and falling over backwards is not really the best best way for the, the goalkeeper to deal with a situation like that. I have sympathy for him because he was right to be off his line. You can see if you watch that goal again that, that, that Falcao has a runner ahead of him in space. And probably the smart ball would have been to have played him in, and so the goalkeeper is anticipating that, and uh, therefore he was not in position to get back and deal with the shot. But he didn't, he didn't make a very good attempt. No, it was a bit Keystone Cops, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Javi Mascarano, Ryan, you talked about this pre-pod, is on his way to China, which apparently leaves a uh, Yeri Mina-shaped hole at Barcelona. You'd have him back at Liverpool, wouldn't you? 
right now? Right now, I probably you know what, I probably wouldn't actually. Really? No, he's thirty. If somebody said Dejan Lovren mm. or for Kavi Mascherano, okay. Yeah, would you? Still, he, you remember he can play center back. Yeah, no, that's true. We probably have a year or two up and then. Yeah. Okay. He, he's not him. what he was when he was at Liverpool, where he was a number six covering every blade of grass, but but he can play centre back. Yeah, well, you know, none of us are the men. Those can't get any worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, will there be a Yerimini shaped hole at Barcelona? Anybody? No. Um, I don't know if Yerimina is the right. I mean, he's, he's oh, great. Oh, sorry, how do you, how do you say it? Uh, I say Jerry because we put a J on a on a LL or a Y. God, language is so confusing. Jerry Mina. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but Colombians say like a soft. What we'll get? We'll have a lovely linguistics podcast another time. Because <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm going to get like Simon or some Colombian telling me that he says yeah. Um, but I don't. It would not be a straight swap. Um, and I don't... You know what? Barcelona is in this weird transitional phase, and, and maybe that's what they need. Maybe they do need this great infusion of South American energy right now. Mina, um is, I think, a much... Um, he's a really interesting player. He has, like, physical strength and, and speed. Um I don't know how he would he would work with like this you know staunch like PK back line. Um, definitely be a shake up, and and maybe that would be great. So who knows? It'd be interesting. I've seen him a few times on them. We get Brazilian football and BT Sport over here. I've seen him a couple of times, and he does look a very accomplished player, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, Copa Italia this week. Who saw Inter scrape into the quarterfinals? Uh, they beat. Third division, poor Danone. Uh, five foreign penalties after the game. Their left back scored a goal didn't it, at some point. So I saw that was, the scoreline was a bit. Unless, unless I, it was just the penalties. I saw a few retweets or something on my timeline. I think you must have just seen the penalties because the game ended. Yeah, must have been Yeah. Uh, right, a few games coming this weekend. Bundesliga. It is 65th as Dortmund are at home to Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim have got their new manager uh, and they got a bit of a new manager bounce as Peter Stoger. Um, guided them to a 2 victory over Mainz last weekend. It's their first win in the league since September, which is uh, firstly a very, very long time, and secondly, how on earth are they still sixth? <laughs> Says a lot about the rest of the league, doesn't it, really, I think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Serie A is uh, Inter versus Udinese, uh, Inter at the top of the league, and Torino versus Napoli. Uh, Marseille in Ligue 1 are uh, away at Lyon. That's BT Sport, I think, Ryan, on, on Sunday night. Yeah, well, not, is, is there any A League on uh, Saturday morning? A League. Oh, tomorrow morning is the game to watch. Actually, I would suggest watching um, the, the Marseille Lyon game because you've got Nabil Fekir for Lyon if he's not oh, yeah. serving his round. Uh, and Setien playing Monaco uh, in the A League. It is first, second, third, fourth. It is first Sydney FC versus third Melbourne City tomorrow morning. So if you can nab a day working at home. Might be able to swing something. Yeah, and I don't know if this is on or Sunday, but it is Newcastle Jets in second versus Adelaide United in fourth. Uh, it's the Rotterdam Derby in Holland as Sparta uh, play Feyenoord. Um, anybody else got any fixtures this weekend? Jesse, you were saying that Pellerol have uh, won the league. They won the league! Yeah. It, it was the worst game. It was so 
messy and terrible, but we won on penalties. And, but the day before to go into that match, Christian Cebolla Rodriguez scored this amazing late goal winner. And, and that makes me so happy because um, he's great and I love him. And he's such a, like, typical Uruguayan, like, messy, dirty, grungy, awesome player. How does being a messy, dirty player sit with being a preschool teacher telling your kids to play fairly and fairly? Well, he doesn't punch people. But oh, he's just right like, he's not, he's not <laughs> like, he's not pretty about it. He just, he, his nickname is Ceboja the Onion because he makes defenders cry. And I just think that's so apt. Like, he's just <laughs> so great. It's great. I love him. And he's 34, 34, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't, don't ask me. I don't know. And he's just great. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else got any games looking forward to this weekend? Not off my head. No. Ryan, how's Andorra? Yes. How's Andorra? So, yeah, so originally I've not been playing the A-League save. This is your football manager save, isn't my it? My football manager save. So I'm not, I've not been doing the A-League. I've been doing uh, Peña. And we actually, second season, we won the league. And the <gasps> And now, so now, Peña are in the Champions League. Oh, preliminary, my God. Pre- preliminary rounds, like the bargain basement rounds. Uh, so I'm going to take a break from that and play the A-League one uh, to sort of catch up. But I, I, it, it's brilliant. I just can't get enough of it. I don't know if it's just because the game runs a bit quicker because, like, it's only, like, eight teams. But, you know, so you have your normal season, then you have your relegation playoff and your Champions playoff. Um, so it's a bit of a weird... Uh, structure and because everyone's on an amateur contract someone can just come steal your player pretty much at any time <laughs> for free which is a bit of a weird one so but it, it, it's really interesting actually. that feels like human trafficking <laughs> so maybe not steal in terms of like they don't say come and get in this van or you know, <laughs> whatever uh, they offer them a contract <laughs> but it's not like you can <laughs> you can reject their bids or anything like that um, while waiting for my daughter to appear on stage tonight, I uh, played a bit of football manager. I bought a 32-year-old Stephen Mandana for Liverpool to go in goal um, for £15 million. Justin and Ryan, did I do the right thing? Not the worst idea. No, but £15 million is probably a bit much. It was yeah. a lot. Yeah. He, is he, he, is he he's reliable, good? though. Is, is he 32? He's 30, well, football manager is 32, so I assume he must be. Yeah, seems like he's been around forever. He does, doesn't he? But, uh, you know, he's quite a regular keeper. I bought Jamal Lascelles as well to replace Dejan Lovren. I think that's an upgrade. Definitely an upgrade. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think, Chris, about about um, going back and forth between Mignolet and Carius without any, 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 I mean, I mean, what, I'm not sure what the thought process is. Do you think there's anything, certainly nothing Mignolet did wrong in, in the, in the Merseyside Derby? I find it very strange because he's not um, Mingale isn't Klopp's signing, but he signed right. a new five-year contract earlier on this this year. I think it was the early part of the year he signed a new contract. But Carius is, and I think maybe it's a bit of stubbornness from Klopp refusing to admit to defeat on it. But I don't think Mingale's done an awful lot wrong, and he has his detractors because as soon as he makes a mistake, people jump on him. But I really quite like Mingale. I'd be happy if he was our keeper for a little while yet. Okay. 
I tend to I tend to agree with you. I, I don't I don't I think I think Klopp is continuing to give Karius chances to prove he's better. Um and I just don't think he is. No. No, I don't either. And for all that um the laughing at the Liverpool defence this season. They don't concede too many at home. Away is a different matter. They don't concede too many at home. And I think if you look at some of those goals that Liverpool concede, not many are Mingale's fault. And he does make some very spectacular saves as well. I mean, we talked about it on a much earlier pod, but but he's uh, he's not missing anything in his game. He's just had some focus and concentration problems in the past and it does seem to be playing to a higher standard this season. Exactly. Um, has anybody got any AOB business? I fixed my car today. I, I have very good luck on the days that we podcast. Uh, on, on other <laughs> days, things go wrong. But frequently when I under, undertake a project on a, on a podcast day, so it, it uh, I'm, you know, I've got a, a 1993 Toyota MR2, so it's 24, going on 25 years old. And the, It's older than Ryan. It is, I know. Is well. so, sometimes I'm working on it, and I'll, uh, you know... Um, and I'll, I'll come across like a tie rod or ball joint that looks all worn out, and I'll think, God, this is, I need to replace this. This is 20. This is so old. And I realize I'm literally twice as old as it is. <laughs> Justin, does your car have a name? I kind of call it Mr. Two because MR2 literally spells that. So it's <laughs> extremely imaginative. Is um, it a soft top? It's my project car, I should say. I have a daily driver. but um, You have a driver? <laughs> no, a, a daily driver, a daily a car. I, I drive on a daily basis. The MR2 is for fun little jaunts around town or on a country road. Is it a soft top? No, it's a T-top. So it's got two removable glass panels that come off. Oh, oh, cool. Have you ever dived but across the, the bonnet? The, the climate control slider was stuck to the coldest setting, which was fine in summer, but people may be aware that it's December now, and um, and so. I had no heat in the car, and I now have heat. I took the entire dash apart and was able to fix that. Have you ever dived across the bonnet like the Dukes of Hazard? <laughs> no, I, I, you, I could literally step over this car. I could, I could jump over it. I'm very confident. I should probably video that. That'd be good. That'd be good YouTube content or Twitter content. Because... <laughs> yeah, we would. Yeah. Maybe it's, that's a good it, goalkeeper warm up. Just jump. Yeah, it comes up to just above waist level. Um, it's a very small, very low car. Which is what I like about it. You should do that and shout, nothing can go wrong now, and then jump over it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing can go wrong as this 51-year-old man attempts to <laughs> jump with, with American health care. Oh, yeah, don't jump do over. that. <laughs> Not if one of us marries Martin Goodman for health insurance. <laughs> yeah. Can any of us get hurt on this side of the pond? Uh, okay, guys, thank you ever so much for joining us. There is going to be a Christmas special this week uh, on the Sunday show, so keep your eyes and ears tuned for that. Um, if you like what you hear, you can rate and review us on iTunes, but you don't have to do that. You can nip into uh, an Apple store and subscribe, maybe the largest Apple store in the world, with lots and lots of Apple devices in. I bet the largest Apple store in the world is like in Abu Dhabi or somewhere. I don't think it, I think it's a bit closer. Madrid. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> I think you know where it is uh, you can subscribe and uh, everything automatically arrives in your um, in your iPhone inbox you don't even have to actually listen to it you just press subscribe and that's it so you don't even have to listen to the three of us talking here or four of I us mean, talking we'd, here. We, we, we'd like it if you do that yeah <laughs> if you could that would be lovely uh, you can download us on Acast and you can download us on Podcast Republic as well Ryan if they want to follow you and ask about your amazing brother how do they do that 
It's at the Ryan Goodman. At the Ryan Goodman. Uh, Justin, how do they follow you and ask about Bryce and his herons? How how do they buy my book? Did you say? They how do they buy your book? Yes. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Small time, a life of wilderness, uh, which when Saturday comes, said nice things about. And that's what I'm plugging this week. My <laughs> book that was published four years ago. Uh, how do they follow you to ask about this amazing? Uh, they can follow me at, uh, at at Keepers Union. There's an underscore between Keepers and Union. You got a blue tick. Well, you have yeah, a blue tick. You got a white tick with a blue surround, haven't you? Yeah, technically that's 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 correct. The tick is white. The blue, the surround is blue. <laughs> Jesse, how do they follow <laughs> yes. you? Uh, at Jesse Loesch. Okay, and they can ask about your journeys walking around New York as long as it's not for business. <laughs> yes, exactly. I have to be very careful now. Uh, at Man of the Post is the Twitter account and the Instagram account. Uh, thank you ever so much, guys. Thanks. That's it, thank you. you. <laughs> 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 Your transatlantic cable went down then, didn't it? Nanny Jolly. I forgot. I thought we were supposed, not supposed to, to say thank you or you're welcome, so I forgot. <laughs> well, I always remember to keep your Man of the Post. <laughs>